Hello, welcome. Welcome to Come and See, a home-centered podcast-supported gospel doctrine. I'm Sam Rencher. And I'm Wendy Rencher. And we will be covering Enos through Words of Mormon. Here's a just a little overview of this time. It is 290 total years, for the year 420 B.C. to 130 B.C., uh, that's a really long time. If you were to take our year, the year 2020, and go back 290 years, that would be the year 1730, which is 46 years before the 13 colonies even declared independence from Great Britain. So it, a lot has changed since Lehi left Jerusalem is, is uh, kind of the point. A, a lot of time has gone by. Uh, so we go through Enos, Jeremomni, Amaron, Chemish, or Chemish, uh, who is Amaron's brother, Abinadam, Amalekai, um, who then gives the small plates to King Benjamin. And King Benjamin passes it down from king to king until it falls into the hands of Mormon, who includes it with the abridgment that he made. So that's that's kind of the overall summary of our readings. Uh, we want to start with Enos, and uh, we're going to talk mostly about prayer. In fact, we're going to give you the 10 things that uh, at least there's probably a lot more, but we're going to go over 10 different things that we can learn from these prophets, mostly Enos, of how to change prayer into mighty prayer. So have you ever wanted more effective prayer with Heavenly Father? I know that I have, that I've, um, that's something that I've wanted and worked on, um, where I've, I've hoped and wished that my communication with my Heavenly Father would be more than just saying my prayers, but something that would really be um, a two-way communication and something where I would feel like um, it was um a blessing in my life um so we're going to start with the first verses here in enos um, to see what we can learn from enos about how our prayers can become mighty right in the beginning of verse two he talks about the wrestle that he had before god and really these 10 items are what that wrestle entailed um let's start Let's start in verse four. And, and before we do that, just the wrestle, maybe just as a reminder, is is an is an effort. It's a laboring in the spirit. And so, you know, if we're not feeling like our prayers are getting beyond the ceiling in our bedroom, maybe it's because we don't put forth the effort or the struggle or the wrestle that we need to in order to reap the the benefits of that kind of prayer. Very good point. Um, verse 4, And my soul hungered, and I knelt down before my Maker, and I cried unto him in mighty prayer and supplication for mine own soul. And all the day long did I cry unto him, yea, and when the night came, I did still raise my voice high that it reached the heavens. Let's, let's pull most of our items come from that verse. So let's start with number one, which comes from my soul hungered. And what we're calling number one is a desire. 
Enos had a great desire, a hunger to communicate with God. He wanted to repent. He wanted to know God. He wanted to follow God. And that's, it, it wasn't a casual um, communication. It was, it was a hungering communication. And I don't want to say desperate, but maybe that's not the um, right word, but but maybe it was. Maybe it was. I think I desperately want to communicate with my God. I think that works. Uh, number two comes from that I knelt down before my maker and I cried unto him in mighty prayer. Uh, we're going to call that humility. Um, we should so desperately need our Heavenly Father. We should show show that humility in how we pray. How we pray. Uh, one way that we can show humility is through showing gratitude. Um, one thing that we can do is a gratitude prayer. If you've not ever done that, I would advise you to try it. A gratitude prayer would be one where you only express gratitude. Sometimes we jump so quickly to asking for things and um, we sure have an awful lot to be grateful for. But uh, number two is is uh, humility. And I think part of that humility too um, is he kneeled down before his maker, recognizing God's omniscience and his power and be willing to seek his will. Um, you know, as we kneel down to pray, um, we're not trying to change Heavenly Father's will into what we want him to give us it's it's learning to bend our will um, to become what god wants for us and and as we recognize and and learn and seek and pray for humility i think we become better at um at at kneeling in a humble attitude and being able to accept whatever god has for us Powerful, I agree. Uh, number three comes from the same line that I knelt down before my maker and cried unto him in mighty prayer. Um, number three we call just kneeling and praying, the actual act of prayer. God knows what we need and what we want already. He expects us to go through the act of prayer. He wants to hear it from us. He wants us to kneel down, which shows humility, and to say the words. And maybe one tip or pointer is sometimes vocal prayer can be really helpful. Um, I sometimes can get tired or I get distracted. And when I'm praying vocally, um, sometimes it, it helps me to reach mighty prayer. So there, there's one tip with kneeling and praying is if you haven't tried a vocal private prayer for a while, maybe try that again. Let's go to number four. He says, all the day long I did cry unto him. Yea, and when the night came, I did still raise my voice high. Number four, we're going to call patience. I um, mean, he stayed on his knees um, or at least continued to pray. I don't know if he stayed on his knees, but he continued to pray. Uh, sometimes, sometimes our prayers are kind of pitiful and maybe they're too short or at least not meaningful enough. Um, 
you know, whether it's that we're too busy or too tired or too wrapped up in life, um, we need to we need to give prayer, give our Heavenly Father adequate time in order for it to be mighty prayer. Let's do number five. Um, we're calling this continual. It is maybe not just one time, maybe not a, well, there I said my prayer, but I didn't get an answer or that type of attitude. No, it, it's praying always. It's praying um, morning and praying night. It's praying over our meals. It's praying with our kids and our family. It's praying with our spouse. It's praying in our heart all the time. I believe Enos's prayer was a continual prayer. And that's kind of how the way ours should look if we want to have mighty prayer. It should be continually praying. Yeah, and more than just saying our prayers, you know, we have kind of a culture where we talk a lot about we're going to say our prayers. Um, we teach our kids, let's go say your prayers. Um, but in this in this chapter, Enos, there's so many phrases. It says, cried unto him in mighty prayer. And he says, um, he's going to pour out my whole soul. And he talks about struggling in the spirit. He says, I'm going to raise my voice high that it reaches the heavens and his wrestle before God. None of those phrases have the, the casualness or the, 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 I can't think of the right word at the moment, but they, it's not, he's not just going to go, I'm just going to go say my prayers and then I'm going to climb into bed and go to sleep. Um, and so, you know, as we pray, if we're looking for mighty prayer, are we raising our voice high that it reaches the heavens? Are we um, seeking to pour out our whole souls? Are we struggling in the spirit? Um, if we want to get the kind of answers that Enos got, where he said, there came a voice unto me, or he says, the voice of the Lord came into my mind, and he says, I heard these words. Um, I think we have to, to have those, um, that same effort on the other side, where we really are pouring out our souls and struggling in the spirit and trying to make our prayers, um, very personal and meaningful, um, in that continual all the time way that Enos seemed to be able to do in this chapter. I love that. And uh, it also tied super nicely into our number six, which is sincere. And it goes along with that phrase, the pouring out my whole soul. They, they were not just empty words. They weren't vain repetition, but it reminds me of there were a couple of missionaries in my my mission who they got a tape recorder, which, you know, we don't even have anymore, but they got their tape recorder and they recorded every prayer that they said for a week. And at the end of the week, they listened to all of their prayers. And they said it, it was kind of funny, except it, it wasn't. It was more embarrassing. But they, they said eventually they knew exactly what they were going to say and what they were going to say next. They could push pause and then say the next phrase because it felt so vain repetition-ish to them. Um, it's not that we can't say the same things. You know, our, our Daniel just got home 
from the Philippines uh, last Sunday, six days ago, and every single day we prayed for him. And often I prayed that he would be safe and that he would have success and that he would find the pure in heart. And those weren't vain repetitions. They were repeated things. But boy, they were heartfelt. They were sincere. They were the things we really wanted. We wanted him to be safe. We wanted him to be successful. We wanted those he was teaching to accept the gospel. So some of the same words were said. The important thing is, is that what we say is sincere. Let's do number seven. Um, let's read a new verse to introduce this one. We'll, we'll do verse 10, which says, And while I was thus struggling in the spirit, behold, the voice of the Lord came unto me into my mind again, saying, I will visit thy brethren according to their diligence in keeping my commandments. I have given unto them this land, and it is a holy land. And I, and he goes on. The important thing right now uh, for this principle is, while I was thus struggling in the spirit, the voice of the Lord came unto me. Uh, we're going to call this two-way communication. Prayer is or shouldn't just be us talking to Heavenly Father. Mighty prayer is two-way communication. I think it's interesting that it is or was while he was struggling. While he was praying is when he received an answer or a revelation from God. I wonder if we ever um, stay on our knees or stay praying, but maybe stop talking. Like, do we ever give time in our prayer for listening? Because again, prayer, mighty prayer is two-way communication. It's not just us serving up a menu of what we want to Heavenly Father. It should be communicating with our Heavenly Father. That's us talking to Him and Him talking back to us. That's two-way communication. Let's move to number eight. And we really get this from, from a lot of the verses, but 11 and 12. Um, he, he's already received answers um, during this prayer, and he is fully expecting another answer. Can I read those? That'd be great. Us? It says, And after I, Enos, had heard these words, my faith began to be unshaken in the Lord, and I prayed unto him with many long strugglings for my brethren, the Lamanites. And it came to pass that after I had prayed and labored with all diligence, the Lord said unto me, I will grant unto thee according to thy desires because of thy faith. Pretty awesome. He He's fully expecting an answer. And uh, we should expect an answer also because that's what prayer is. And Heavenly Father is wanting to talk to us. And if... I, I think too, as we, you know, if we're, sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard to get answers. Sometimes it's hard to discern, is this my own thought or... Is this revelation from Heavenly Father? But we need to maybe lean on some of the previous experiences we've had with revelation. How has Heavenly Father talked to me in the past? Um, when have I felt the Spirit previous times? What did that feel like? Um, and, and then look for those similar patterns as we seek to receive revelation again. Because I think Heavenly Father uses those similar patterns with us over and over again. Um, I also think that as we expect answers and as we 
continue to go back to Heavenly Father and ask him. Um, we have, Heavenly Father is a loving, loving Heavenly Father, and he, he does want to answer our prayers. I totally agree. It reminds me of uh, verse 7 in Words of Mormon. It's also part of our reading. Uh, he says, And I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me according to the workings of the Spirit. Often that Spirit comes as a whispering. It, it can be quiet. It's, it's partly why on the last one I suggested that maybe we stop talking and listen, because that whispering can be quiet. We do number nine. Yeah. Number nine is is faith. Uh, maybe we read verse six. And I, Enos, knew that God could not lie, wherefore my guilt was swept away. Um, Enos, Enos knew that God was there. He knew that God had talked to them, to him. Um, Enos, Enos knew. And we should know as well when we're praying to our Heavenly Father that he is there and that he loves us, that he forgives us and he wants to talk to us. And he says in verse 8, you know, well, Enos says in verse 7, Lord, how is it done? And in verse 8, the Lord says, because of thy faith in Christ. Really, that faith comes through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And and throughout the rest of the chapter, you see that faith that Enos um, develops. And in verse 12, you see it. In verse 15, it says, Whatsoever thing ye shall ask in faith, believing that ye shall receive in the name of Christ, ye shall receive it. Um, and also over in verse 18, The Lord said unto me, Thy fathers have also required of me this thing, and it shall be done unto them according to their faith, for their faith was like unto thine. So Enos totally had learned the principle that faith is a real power and that as he exercised that faith, as he trusted in God, as he moved forward in um, the Lord's plan, that he could count on Heavenly Father um, to be there and to help him and to um, do the things that needed to be done, you know, in this case, preserving the records. But I think we can expect those same things in our own lives. That's such good stuff. Let me read just one more. There's so many good ones. Verse 11, and after I, Enos, had heard these words, my faith began to become or began to be unshaken in the Lord. Um, Part of what made his faith unshaken was receiving that two-way communication. He received revelation, and then his faith began to be unshaken. Um, here's our last one. Let's read this from Omni, uh, verse 26. I want to read that. Yeah. And now, my beloved brethren, I would that ye should come unto Christ, who is the Holy One of Israel, and partake of his salvation, and the power of his redemption, yea, come unto him, and offer your whole souls as an offering unto him, and continue in fasting, and praying, and endure to the end, and as the Lord liveth, ye will be saved. One of the things that we learn from that is sometimes prayer includes fasting. 
of fasting is a principle of prayer. And that is timely for us right now because our prophet has asked us to fast and pray, a worldwide fast. That doesn't happen very often. This is about the coronavirus. We should be praying, um, joining our, our faith in this worldwide fast that, that uh, we can overcome physically and emotionally and the healing that needs to come to the whole world. And, and uh, that starts today. Mar well, March 28th, 29th, we've been asked to do that fast. So, you know, are, are you joining with, with the saints and with those that the prophet has invited? And are we applying the other principles that we've talked about? Do we have faith in it? Do we know that it will help? Uh, I know that it will. I know that fasting works and that uh, prayer is a principle of power. I think fasting, when combined with prayer, um, helps us to develop that sense of humility. Um, I think it also helps us to, um, to help our faith grow. I think it helps us to um, maybe have a little more patience. It helps us to have a, a greater desire to talk to God and to seek his, his will. Um, I think fasting also um, can open that, that two-way communication up and help us to really hear the voice of our Heavenly Father better. And so as we choose to, um, to really combine um, fasting with our prayers, it's a powerful opportunity to um, seek that revelation and the Lord's help. And in this case, to bless you know, our world with the healing that it needs right now. I, I totally agree with all of that, with what you just said. It is really as we engage in mighty prayer, um, it changes us. It helps us become more. It helps us to become better. Um, let's read the last verse in Enos, verse 27. It's such a beautiful verse. It's one of those I have a heart drawn over. It says, And I soon go to the place of my rest, which is with my Redeemer. For I know that in him I shall rest, and I rejoice in the day when my mortals shall put on immortality and shall stand before him. Then shall I see his face with pleasure, and he will say unto me, Come unto me, ye blessed. There is a place prepared for you in the mansions of my Father. Amen. That's powerful. That That is what I want. That's what I want in my life. I want to know that uh, when I die, I, I have a place prepared with my Savior in the mansions of, of our Heavenly Father. I want to say I can't wait for the judgment day when I can look into my Savior's face with pleasure and he will say, come unto me, me ye blessed. I think Enos was able to talk this way with such faith and, and hope is because he knew how to pray mighty. He already communicated with his Savior um, on a continual basis, and therefore he was excited for the time he could look at his Savior. Um, I think one other principle as we close on this podcast today is that Jesus is rest. It says, you know, I soon go to the place of my rest, which is with my Redeemer. 
So Jesus is rest. And as we, you know, we are not in the mansions of our Father yet, and we are not in heaven with him. But as we seek to find him here, as we seek him in prayer, as we seek him in serving others, in um, in the scriptures, uh, in family history work, in, in all the ways that we can find him here in the world, that we can find rest, um, even in in the craziness of the the world that we live in if we ever needed mighty prayer now seems to be a really good time that's true thanks for joining us today